0: Are you writing about a painful experience in your life? Wondering how you can know when you have healed enough to share your story? Today's episode offers you three ways to write your story to bless your readers and be blessed in the writing. Stick around. Your best writing life begins in...
1: more.com.
0: Welcome to Your Best Writing Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb. Each week I bring you tips and strategies from experts in the writing and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. I'm so very glad that you're listening in today. During this episode, you're going to learn about the three stages to writing painful experiences. My industry expert is Paula Mosher Wallace, and Paula is the founder of Bloom in the Dark Incorporated, author of Bloom in the Dark, Offering Hope to the Hurting. Paula is the producer, director, and co-host of two internationally syndicated television shows. And in addition to her podcast, six books and online courses, Paula enjoys time with her three sons. Paula, welcome to Your Best Writing Life. Linda, I'm so excited to be here and talking to you. Oh, we're going to have a good time today. And what you're bringing, Paula, I would venture to say there are people that have held back from writing about their painful experiences because they had no template they don't know maybe where to start. They don't know if they should share. Is it time to share? And what you're going to bring to us, I've looked over some of it, folks. This is so good. Oh, you're, you're going to love it. This is so good. Let's get straight to the content for today. The three stages to writing painful experiences. So, Paula, you know, I have many thoughts that come to my mind when I consider painful experiences in my life and the lives of others. What makes you an expert on this subject?
1: Well, I have written my own painful experiences, a long series of them and spoken about them on television. But I have also ghost written a series of other people's painful stories in first person as if I were them. And I've had the opportunity to coach and work with, as a trauma coach, a whole series of people working through their painful experiences and how they can share them to bring hope and healing to other people. So this is a a very passion-based project for me, and I have a, a ton of experience. I think I cry More than most people, but I also laugh more than most people, which is super helpful when you're living in a a world of working with people who are hurting.
0: Mm, That is truth. I share a little bit of that with you, Paula, where I am an audiobook narrator. And I narrate memoirs. And a lot of them are filled with painful experiences. And coming from the point of view of the author, I've had those tearing moments. I've had where I've had to step back, come back in again, and then also enjoying the joyful times in it.
1: Yes, and I do give the hint that having a waterproof keyboard is a really good idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is so good. I love that. That would actually help my husband when we were visiting my brother We were visiting and a glass of water fell over right on top of the keyboard. Not a good experience. So I like having a waterproof covering over it. That sounds good to me. Well, let's step here then. Why is it important to write our painful experiences in three stages? This This is a curious place.
1: Yes, there are so many people that uh, work back and forth between comfortable areas of sharing their story and then really raw, uncomfortable areas of sharing their story. And some people tell their story in a kind of stiff, stilted way because they're trying not to feel too much in the painful parts. So they kind of disconnect and dissociate and tell that in kind of a, a dry, an emotional way which is very difficult for the audience to resonate with. And then other people go so raw and painful emotional that it's difficult for the audience to even understand what they're sharing. And so when you look at breaking it down into stages, you have the opportunity to really connect with your emotions, to share that effectively and do it with what is appropriate for the audience, depending on what the content is. And you work out what's appropriate and what's not through this, these three stages.
0: Okay. I, I like the beginning of this. So let's start with stage one. You tell us that we need to write a hurting
1: version of our project. What's its purpose? So the purpose of a hurting version is catharsis. Mm. It is super important to actually write that version experiencing and feeling the emotions while you write it. Mm -hmm. So you are feeling the pain. You are, that's why you need the waterproof keyboard because you are going to be crying while you write those pieces. You don't want to filter the emotion. You don't want to try to craft the words correctly. You want to write the raw emotional cathartic version that just gets it all out there. Don't worry about the wording. Don't worry about grammar and punctuation. Write a uh, kind of unfiltered, unstructured version of your story where you are just bleeding all over the page, like literally let the pain out. And when you have had a chance to work through that, and many times you need to do that in stages, so break mm. your story down into pieces and and then really go deep when it comes to the emotional aspects and write it from that that place of of the raw pain and knowing that you have the safety that no one has to ever see this version. So you can be truly gut-wrenchingly honest with yourself, with the version that you write here, because the point of it is to experience it and have the cathartic release so Mm. that that doesn't bleed into the version that you end up sharing with the public.
0: So you're able, in this stage, writing a hurting version you're able to allow your memories just to flow and experience and i do like that concept that cathartic concept for us to move forward there's times we have to have breakthrough and breakthrough may mean that we have to walk through what we've walked through and not toss it over to the side and try to bury it but to feel the the may I say richness of the emotions and the rawness of the emotions, because that's the way that we are going to be able to convey to someone who's never experienced what we've experienced. If we can take them right to the edge where they see what it is that we have gone through, it becomes so real. I like what you said as well. We've got to get it out there so that when we move forward, We're not carrying it with us.
1: Right. So this version of it is specifically designed to connect us with the emotions of it. Mm -hmm. And in the next two versions of it, we're going to come back to this and use it strategically so that we're sharing the emotional raw versions where it's appropriate. And we're not oversharing or being destructive in areas that would not be helpful to our audience while not sharing a disconnected stiff version of it because we've refused to connect to our emotions. So this is the first stage of being raw and real and knowing that you get to select and choose carefully mm. what aspects of this version actually get incorporated in the final project.
0: Ooh. Oh, this is powerful, powerful. All right, then we move into stage two. And you tell us that we need to write a healing version. So take us there.
1: So this one is a little bit more strategic. You are less likely to have as much of the raw pain or crying, so less need for a waterproof keyboard. Mm -hmm. And in this version, what you're doing is focusing on what you learned and how you grew through the painful experiences. So you're going to retell the exact same stories, but you're going to tell them with And here I learned X, Y, and Z. Here is where I realized this. Here is where I grew and stretched in this way. And your focus is actually finding the positive pieces that Mm. came out of that. So you're focusing on, on the healing. You're bringing in the retrospect of, at the time, all I felt was the pain. But later on, I realized that that strengthened me so that I could help somebody else you are, are bringing in the lessons and the learning aspect of your healing process in this version of it. And that's your focus. So it's separate from your first version that was hurting. And this one has a very specific focus of looking for and finding the answers. And many times you have the opportunity to recognize and have additional healing during this process. Because especially if you're a Christian and you're going to God about it, God, show me what, what the good is in this ugliness. Show me what the positive is. You can make so many beautiful connections that in the raw pain of it or in the shutdown disconnect from it, you were na- never able to understand. So this is a, an amazing opportunity for new and additional healing and to make connections and correlations you may not have understood before. This
0: to me seems like the most vital step. We've experienced the situation where we have a speaker who shares with us from the stage and they hit a place and they can't move forward and they break down and it's extremely painful for the speaker and for everyone who is experiencing it with the speaker. And this is in a, you know, um, outward display. And it's evident the speaker has not gone through the healing process of what they want to share, at least to the point where like what you're bringing us here with writing this will get to the point where it speeds up the healing process and clarifies our journey. And I like that you're telling us here, it's the same story, but we're going to focus on a different area. So we're moving our focus are there prompts that writers can use when they get to this portion, questions to ask themselves? How do they determine what they should do with that first hurting version?
1: Well, the purpose of the hurting version being catharsis, that you're, you're honoring, identifying, processing, and dealing with the pain that is it actually brings a whole new layer of healing on its own okay then in the healing process where you're lear- looking for the lessons looking for how the healing happened looking for the strength and growth and benefits that have come out of it in retrospect it's it's an opportunity so hurting you're in the real time pain in the healing you're in looking at it From your current state and looking back on it, looking for those healing things. And you can be asking yourself, how did I heal? How did I grow? How does this make me stronger? How did God show up? How did other people show up and help me? How did God protect me? And these kinds of questions give us a new perspective where in the hurting version, we were just feeling the raw pain of it in the second one, we're getting an entirely new perspective from the present where, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Well, the healing version really helps us get this completely different viewpoint of the same story where it's not disconnected from the pain. It is in addition to the pain, if that and makes you,
0: sense. And, no, it really does. And you did mention that as you were going through the description of the healing version. I appreciate that you gave me a few more questions. and. I would really venture that the Holy Spirit is going to prompt us with the questions to ask as well to be able to look at something and go, you know, I'm beyond this. How did that? How did I move beyond that pain? How did I find this? So that's most excellent. I appreciate you taking a moment just to kind of go back there with me for just a little bit of clarity. Great instruction here. So then we move on to stage three write a helping version. I like the sound of this stage. Tell us about it.
1: Well, the helping version is actually something you write in collaboration with the hurting and healing versions. Mm. So this is when you actually look at the whole project from the perspective of your audience. The first two are your own perspective in real time, in retrospect, and now you're looking at it from the perspective of the audience where what is going to be helpful to them. Where do they need to understand the raw pain of the story to resonate, to believe that it connects to their pain, that they understand that this can be an opportunity for them to connect with you and the story in a way that really touches deep for them. Mm -hmm. And then you're combining it with the places where you're bringing in the lesson and the healing and the growth and the opportunity so that it doesn't stay stuck in the pain. It's the pain for the purpose of then believing and having hope in the healing, in the Mm. growth, in the benefits of it. And you go through both of those previous versions as you create the third version, where the helping version is all about, did this scenario, does this rawness, does it help the audience or does it just add unnecessary pain? Mm. Does this lesson, is this going to connect and bring healing? Or was that really just between me and God and not intended to be for an audience? I have the chance to have the Holy Spirit come in and really sort through and it it tightens up the story. It um, keeps the emotions of the painful version with the hope and healing of the healing version and kind of curates it and polishes it and puts it together into a helping version that isn't about me anymore. Because when we're dealing with our own pain and our own story, it's really hard to not make it about me. And in this version of it, I'm making it about you. And making it about helping and connecting and bringing hope and healing and helping you resonate that you're not alone and there's hope, rather than making it all about me and my pain and my struggle. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes a
0: lot of sense because we truly, in order to write the helping version, this is you know when we we've really healed and can find the the means to help others. I've and I think that this is fantastic. What maybe one of our listeners might be asking is how long does the process take to go
1: through stage one, stage two, state or step one, step two, step three? It depends on the person and their story. Yeah. So okay. if you have a painful event that you're working through, that's obviously going to take a lot less time than if you have a painful life that you're mm. working through. personally as a victim of complex trauma and a whole series of abuse starting when I was two years old, including getting raped when I was five Mm -hmm. and having an abusive marriage and abuse in the workplace that turned into a federal state and local lawsuit. Mm -hmm. And I can just go down lists of stories and damage and pain. So for me, it was working through this process uh, story by story and taking each different type of situation and applying this three step process to that. So, if somebody's writing an entire lifetime memoir, they may need to go through this process uh, chapter by chapter rather than their whole life all at one time. Mm. And it is really helpful to break it up and really look at what is necessary for you to stay healthy in this space which can, especially writing the hurting version, may include a counselor, a trusted friend, a trauma coach, specific people, a pastor, people who are designed to support you as you're digging that deep into the pain and being real and honest about it. In the healing version, again, those same support people can be really helpful in reminding us where the healing came and what the lessons were and how they've seen the growth in us. And then in the helping version, it is really helpful to have uh, people who are your audience, your beta audience, who come from different perspectives that that can give you honest feedback. Hey, this is a little more pain and a little less hope here versus this lesson is amazing. Can you flesh it out and tell us more Mm. about it? Mm. That kind of content editing um, helps support from friends and trusted advisors is very important to help that final helping version be something that we would like to share with the public whether it's in a speaking engagement or a full book or a story in somebody else's book or an article for a magazine or a podcast interview right working through these stages for yourself and then having that growth and that information to share in different venues is super valuable
0: It is super valuable and having the beta team surrounding yourself with those who understand where you're coming from, or at least recognize maybe your pain experience and for you to feel safe in sharing with them and for them to be honest, because that's one of the keys when you have a beta group, you need sincere honesty in how they're receiving it. A lot of times I will share with writers, it's always good to have someone who doesn't necessarily love you be on a beta team because they're not going to just tell you everything is perfect. They're going to say to you, this is how I felt. This is what I received. And I don't know if this is what you meant, but this is where I went with this. And I think that it's extremely important when we're writing about a painful experience to always have that element of hope that element of help and not leaving someone where they're devastated it's that can be so i'm it just i I will tell you right now i have an experience when we brought in a speaker for a women's retreat and this was a two-day retreat and the topic or the the speaker had experienced a horrific, horrific, painful experience in her life and was sharing on that topic. But instead of leaving the retreat where everyone was uplifted with hope and felt good and were healed, most of us left so sad. And depressed. And it was, we almost had to have a come to Jesus meeting with everyone that went to say, okay, there was something missing here. And we need to always end on the vein of that there is a help, there is a hope, because it impacted a lot of people. So if we're writing and we're not considering that helping version, it can devastate a huge group of people.
1: Right. Cause your purpose in writing painful stories should not be to traumatize other people. Mm-mm. No. No, let me just make that statement. There are some people who in their desire to validate what they've been through are wanting to share the raw hurting version mm. just so that other people get it. Like it hurt. It was horrible. It was a nightmare. And I mean, I talk in one story about, you know, rock bottom is laced with razor blades. mm. Because mm. that's what it was for me in that space. But I was very clear that I could not share any part of my life or story that I could not share the hope and healing with joy. Mm. I needed to be able to have people go, oh, wow, if I could come out with that joy and that life and that excitement, it might almost be worth going through something that bad to come out with that much like I want them to see the hope and healing and the relationship with God and and the beauty that God brings, beauty for ashes, right? Right. I want I want people to walk away with uh, with a sense of value and God can if He can heal that He can heal anything. Amen. I can go to Him with everything in my life because I heard this broken, painful thing and God showed up there and He showed up beautifully and they're like better than if they never got hurt. Like that is amazing. So my goal is, and and the people I work with, is you're not ready to share that story until you have gone through these three stages and have the ability to share the raw brokenness. Yeah, with tears. There should be tears. That's great. But where you can slide straight through those tears and up into the joy and the life and the vibrancy that not just say that there's hope or healing, but that demonstrate it.
0: Absolutely. 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 You had mentioned also that we have to be careful when we, and I'm assuming it in the first and second stage that we'll walk through this, where we have resentment, we are angry, we can be venomous, we can be just, we want to retaliate. Those emotions can be very, very raw based on who the perpetrator was. Yes. How, you know, we can't, we can't present a helping version if we still have that attitude and that we want to be vindictive. How do well, we process a times, that?
1: <laughs> a lot of times we don't even find out that that's still there until we write the hurting version. Mm-hmm. So part of the benefit of the hurting version is it opens our own eyes to, oh, I'm so healed. I'm over that. I'm good. I forgave Gave everybody and then we go there and write it and it's like oh my goodness i am angry and mm-hmm. i want judgment to rain down on them and i'm wishing they had already died and and then it's like uh oh i'm i might still have some healing to do here right and even in writing the healing version of it i can realize in writing those lessons down it stirs up some stuff still even though i've done the hurting version and i've prayed over it and walked through it with god for continuing healing when I'm writing the healing version, I can still go, oh yeah, that's still a thing and run back to God again and run to my support system again and continue to work it through because we can't have a helping version that's actually going to be helpful to people Mm. without having done due diligence on the hurting and healing versions of it and really worked it through to a place that we are looking on our story in that painful area from a sense of of life and hope and healing that, that is worth sharing. Mm.
0: This is great. Oh my goodness. I can see someone just writing their, their talk and going through that writing their yes. book. And you mentioned writing articles, writing posts, anything. If we can have little mini, you know, mini stages of those for yes. smaller projects, this is most excellent. Very, very good. So, are there any other? I know that we, you know, we've covered quite a bit, but are there other tips that you have about the writing or about writing painful experiences you want us to get before we head out today?
1: Yeah, I would think it's really important to do self care in this process Mm. if you're going to be writing uh, any part of a hurting version. Schedule it where you schedule self care and beautiful, relaxing, joyful opportunity immediately afterwards. A walk with a friend. A shoot a chocolate bar, like Mm. watch a TV show that makes you laugh, do something that helps draw you back into a place of, of hope and positivity so that you're not wallowing or being tormented in the the place of pain and limit the segments of hurting version work so that you're doing it in small pieces and not Mm. trying to go too deep because that literally can be destructive. Right. So that's one point on that part, the healing version, Many times, because we felt the raw pain of something, we can lose some of the perspective on what did heal, what did grow, and connecting with people who were a part of that journey with us, who've walked through it, who can remind us of what those healing things are and the growth that they've seen and the places where they've watched the change is extremely helpful, and it will then reconnect us to pieces. And obviously, God and the Holy Spirit can walk us through all aspects of this Right. In a safe way. But really focusing on self-care, being strategic in your scheduling to make sure you have room to to work through the emotional process of it. And don't put yourself in a a position where you're doing an hour of hurting, raw bleeding all over your keyboard kind of work, and then are expected to do something that is high grade professional immediately afterwards. Mm. Or helping a family member who is angry and hurt themselves. Because when you're in that kind of a raw place, you really need to be protected and create a cushion around yourself and your time so you have some space to recover. And that takes strategic thinking so that you're like, hey, I need the husband to take care of the angry toddler for a a couple hours while I go take a walk at the park so that I can recalibrate before I'm dealing with a crying baby.
0: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, very good. Very good. Because most times we forget about caring for ourselves. And if, if we do not take care of ourselves, it's like, you know, the oxygen mask, right? When it's dropping yes. down, it's put the oxygen on. You're not going to be able to care for anyone else. And this is important. It's not, you can't be a super person or don't think that, well, it won't impact me that way. It will. We just won't realize the impact until it's done some damage. And then looking at a child that we just screamed at because they spilt their milk, where if I had stepped back and just collected myself, enjoyed myself for a little bit, and then walk in, I would have a different perspective. So that's, Excellent. 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 So good. You have, you have brought us so much in this short amount of time. We could stay here and talk about this forever, not forever, Paula, but we could really (laughs) do. I mean, this is, you know, this is something that I think is so helpful to everyone. If you're writing, there's going to be, there's going to be a difficult experience that you're going to go through. And just using these concepts, in a one, two, three stage is so beneficial. So good. Yay, yay. All right. So before we we head out, I really like to offer our listeners a behind the curtain personal view of our guests, especially our first-time guest. So, what do you have that you can share with us that we may not read in your bio?
1: It's a fun thing. I actually got to be the makeup artist for the grandson of one of our presidents as he was running for a governor's office at a big televised uh, debate event. And he liked the job I did because it had to look like he wasn't wearing makeup and he had to look his best, most uh, refreshed personality. And I got the chance to do that. And he said, if he won the election, I would be his on-staff makeup artist. Sad part. Linda, he did not win the election. So instead (laughs) of becoming his on-staff makeup artist, I grew a global ministry (laughs) and spent my time doing ministry and writing the three stages of painful stories. So there (laughs) you go.
0: I would say happily, God led you in a different direction and he's using you mightily. So very appreciative for you to be able to be on this path to help all of us in this area of our writing. So very important. And I know that you have a great giveaway for our listeners, and it's the resources that you have available on bloominthedark.org. Can you tell us just a little bit about those?
1: Yes, we have a resources page with a variety of books, including the original Bloom in the Dark, where I got to write some of my own and ghostwrite some other people's hurting stories from the healing helping perspective. And that is free to download the PDF. If you just go in there, um, it's a quick download. We also have the bloom and the dark app with a resources section on that, that you can get on your Apple or Android devices. This is a great way to just connect with a series of short stories. And then we have additional tools, downloads, Materials, audios, all kinds of things that you can benefit from in that space. And if you're somebody who does more than just cursory dealing with painful things, you might find some amazing, helpful tools there that are free. There's no charge for them. You just have the opportunity to learn and grow in your own healing and recovery journeys.
0: This is great. We always, God does this, folks. God always brings industry experts who want to give and give and give and equip and help and offer hope. And Paula and the Bloom in the Dark organization is one of those and she's such a great example of it. Highly encourage you, all the links of course are in the show notes. Go visit, look around, download, participate, see where God is leading you in order for you to experience your best riding life.
1: Can I add? Yes, please, please. I was just going to say, can I add my slogan? (laughs) Oh, I would love for you to add your slogan. So it's using the fertilizer of your past to bloom today. Ooh, that is most excellent.
0: Using the fertilizer of your past to bloom today. Yes. That's very good.
1: A lot of it times I smile say smile and be happy. It's sharing the brokenness from a place of healing, sharing mm. the fertilizer from a place of the blooming. So it's a, a fun way to say how ugly it was without swearing. <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> well, you did well. You did well. Is there anything that you would like to share with us about bloominthedark.org?
1: It's an organization where we know that it's the resurrection life of Christ that gives us the opportunity to bloom, even when circumstances and events in our lives are dark and difficult because Jesus rose from the dead in a dark tomb, Mm -hmm. and we have the opportunity to heal despite the circumstances because of the resurrection life of Christ and the Holy Spirit as our comforter. And so Bloom in the Dark just focuses on that healing and recovery from trauma, addiction, loss, anything that has shame attached to it. We want to make sure that everyone knows they're not alone and there's hope. And we will strongly help and support people who are telling stories that let other people know that they're not alone and there's hope.
0: Mm. It is beautiful. It is.
1: And you always
0: bloom. Every time that I've had the opportunity to see you, you make me smile.
1: Yay.
0: You have a a beautiful smile. Your smile is contagious and your countenance is very, very uplifting. And I thank you for what you're allowing God to do in and through your life and this ministry. It's fabulous. Thank you so much for being here with us, Paula. Good to have you. Thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Oh, you are so welcome. You are so welcome. Thank you, my friends, for joining us. Please take a moment, if you would, to share this podcast with another writer or two and give us a star rating. Maybe post a review on this episode. And of course, we always ask, hit subscribe. That way you will never miss one of the shows. You've got to have this. You write, you need them all. I greatly appreciate what you have to say as much as what you choose to write. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being here with you next time on Your Best Writing Life.